Yeah, I, I, my mom was asking today if she would enjoy Avengers, and I said, well, well you, maybe, but you haven't seen the 18 movies that lead up to it. I don't know, I mean, maybe it would be a fun interview with somebody who just saw this movie. And I know that when Black Panther came out, that was the first Marvel Studios film for a lot of people. Yeah, that movie made a ton of money. But Black Panther is just enjoyable on its own. You don't need to have seen Civil War even to enjoy Black Panther, whereas I think just to know who all these characters are and that they're significant and what their relationships are and stuff, probably the most important ones to watch would be Thor Ragnarok and Civil War, I would think. But still, I'm glad that I've seen all of them multiple times, just so I can get little jokes here and there. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we should be recording all this shit. Okay, should we start? You're listening to That Gets My Goat. Never again. Hi, everybody. This is Big Anklevich. And this is Rish Outfield. And welcome to another episode of That Gets My Goat on the Dune Steve Audio Fiction Magazine. I was gonna, I was about to say it's time for summer movie season. But does summer movie season ever stop anymore? It seems like it doesn't. Well, certainly summer started in April this year. <laughs> Because, I mean, you go back just to... I mean, like, for example, there's a movie that is now, according to Box Office Mojo, the number three, or is it four, movie of all time that opened a few months ago in what is the off season for movies. Black Panther is at $688 million domestic. Yeah, it passed Titanic, which is probably the biggest hit of my adult life. Yeah, it's only under Avatar and what, Star Wars? Force Awakens. Uh, Force Awakens. Which, of course, again, it's all relative. If you go to the adjusted for inflation, okay, it's actually number 30. But still, uh, I think that that really says something about summer movie season. Just it, It's kind of expanding to all year long. Uh, they just come out all the time. But I would say if there was a summer movie season anymore, this weekend was the kickoff. Although, geez, it's not even May. It used to be Memorial Day that we started. And then I think it was Spider-Man that broke that and sent it back a few weeks further. And now here we are in April with the biggest movie probably of the year being released in April. Well, it was supposed to come out on Friday, the 4th of May, but uh, somebody wisely, I think, thought Black Panther did so well, let's give Avengers one more week in the spotlight, because this summer is going to be really, really top-loaded. Is that what you call it? Front-loaded? You could say either. You get Avengers, and then almost immediately after Avengers, you get Deadpool 2, and then the next week you get Han Solo. And uh, those have to cannibalize one another to a certain extent. Yeah. Is there, is there not much later in the summer? There are. There's Jurassic World and Incredibles and others. But, but all of that stuff is, is pre-4th of July. And I think we saw last year that nothing came out in August. It was the, big, the last big hit of you know, the summer. And it came out, I think, in October. So... It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. I, I'm just surprised by that. Why would they, like you're saying, that they're going to be cannibalizing each other because they're coming out in May. Why would they not step back a few weeks into the summer when supposedly people have more time, that all the kids are out of school and they can go? Uh, it doesn't have to be only on Saturday or whatever. I don't know. It's just interesting. But it's not important. We've talked about this crap before. and We've got something new to talk about because we saw... Avengers Infinity War this weekend. And I'm going to preface this show with a great big gigantic spoiler alert. Okay, this movie you want to see before you get anything spoiled. And I don't want to be the person who spoils things for anybody. Because um, this is this is one that's worth not seeing the spoilers too, because there's some pretty amazing stuff that happened in this film. And so, if you haven't seen the movie 
and you expect that you will, just don't listen. Just save this for later. We'll still be here, you know? The internet is forever, they say. Although the internet is not even as old as I am, so I don't know how they can say that, but still, it's forever. The, the file will still be there, and you can come back to it later. So, listen later, rather than uh, have somebody ruin it. And it's really hard to avoid spoilers, so I don't know. I mean, I would also recommend just go and see it now, because... <laughs> Everybody on Facebook uh, is talking about it. I went on on Saturday, right before, uh, you know, I was going to see the movie Sunday morning. And I went on to Facebook on Saturday, and the first post was somebody saying, Oh, I just saw Avengers, and oh my gosh. Second post, Oh, I just saw Avengers, and this, and that. And third post, and I just went, Oh, crap. The first three posts are all I gotta I gotta get out of here and I just logged back <laughs> off of Facebook. <laughs> Turn the ship around. Yeah, luckily none of those three said anything to ruin anything for me. But uh, other than yeah, this is great. So at least you know, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know, if you have the high expectations. But how could I not have high expectations with a Marvel movie anymore? You just expect them to be really good. Because they are. They just they just always are. There there's seldom one that leaves you let down very much. Um so yeah. I just ran and uh I came back to Facebook after uh, having seen the film and again all the posts, probably like ninety percent of the posts on my Facebook feed were people talking about Avengers, saying, I've seen Avengers and it's great, or boy, I really want to see Avengers. And uh one somebody posted something that was it was supposedly released by Marvel something something. I don't know what exactly it was. It, it couldn't have been Marvel Studios itself because it had like three typos in the in the picture. So <laughs> But it was saying that, you know, if you spoil uh, Avengers Infinity War for people, then you are the lowest of the low. And, you know, I can't remember what all it said, but it was, it was just, you know, heavy shaming on anyone who dares to spoil this film. And now this movie, they, they kept it really under wraps, right? Well, the, they had its marketing campaign, and then there was a secondary marketing campaign that, that Marvel Studios did. And I don't know if you saw any of this, but the theme of the secondary campaign was Thanos demands your silence. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw that, but there'd be like billboards, there would be bus stop ads or whatever of Thanos telling you to shut your mouth, uh -huh. to be quiet. It's similar to, you know, loose lips sink ships kind of thing. And I, I love that because it's it it has a sense of fun, but it's also also trying to get you to uh, to be a good sport or whatever. I I mean I don't think spoiling a movie for somebody is the worst crime imaginable, but I do think that there are people that get a a rush out of spoiling things for people in the same way that you get a rush for you know, grabbing somebody's butt or, you know, throwing some cold water on somebody or saying a, a word that, you know, you, you know, you're not supposed to say and seeing the reaction from people that, you know, getting offended or being shocked or, you know, that kind of stuff. There are people, I guess maybe there are trolls in real life. They don't just exist on the internet. Yeah, they, they didn't, they weren't invented by the internet. I mean, we've told this story before, but uh, one of my roommates in college, when he was a kid, and he'd come out of having watched Empire Strikes Back. And there was a big line of people wrapping around the theater to go into the next showing. And they're walking past these people as they're going out to their car or whatever. And all of a sudden some dude comes running down the line. Darth Vader is Luke's father! Yelling this crap to everybody in the line. So, real life troll... Uh, Screwing with these people all the way back in 1980. I think the story is specifically fitting because I think I texted to you right after I got out of the theater. This is the Empire Strikes Back of our generation or this generation. I suppose it doesn't count as our generation anymore, does it? Because we're too old. Okay, well, 
Yeah, I when you sent me that text, I thought, okay, that's a question I'm going to bring up when we talk about the movie. Okay. So spoilers are on the table right, at this turn point. Turn it the hell Nobody off is listening care. that doesn't care. Spoilers are about to, to know. erupt. They're going to blossom right now. Yeah. Spoilers are going to begin right after I say <laughs> the bad guys win in this movie. So so tell me your your reasoning behind that, the Empire Strikes Back of our generation, of this generation. Well, I say that because the ending was super shocking. The, like, I don't know what the deal, I mean, nowadays it seems like quaint and silly to just be like, oh my gosh, they found out that Darth Vader was Luke's father. and Everybody was shocked and you're just like, come on. I mean, they do that kind of crap in every soap opera. Why are you so shocked? But... It was a, a huge thing back then. Like, everybody was just like, no way. This can't be real. Oh, my gosh. You know, it was just completely shocking when everybody found out that Darth Vader was Luke's father. It probably seems so quaint now because everybody copied it again and again and again and again from there on out. Now, this film... Okay, so when we get to the end and the big shock happens, Thanos snaps his fingers... And all of a sudden, everybody starts turning to dust. Or half of everybody turns to dust, we should say. It was the most unusual experience I've ever had watching a film. The theater was absolutely silent. And everybody around me was just, it was gasping. And there were people going, what? what's happening? Oh my, oh. you know, everybody was, they couldn't not react to it but it was all in shocked whispers everybody was completely floored by the fact that this movie ended the way it did everybody was basically crapping their pants right there in the theater it was just kind of surreal to be a part of it to be sitting there and feel that feeling that was going through the whole room and it all happened, the whole ending, and the, <laughs> the weirdest thing was just as it started happening, there was one guy next to me who had been drinking a soda and eating popcorn the whole time through the movie, and then all of a sudden he's just like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom, and he gets up, and he walks out right then. I'm just like, dude, are you kidding me? This movie's gonna end in like two minutes, you really can't wait? So he was the one exception to the rule. But everybody was just sitting there with their freaking mouth hanging open, just shocked. And it went all the way through to where Thanos comes out and sees the sunset from his beautiful little cottage on whatever planet he now lives on that's not Titan because those obviously couldn't be the same place. And then it cuts to black. And the music is really quiet at this point, and it's really mournful, and you just see the names, all the people that get a full, <laughs> a full screen title card, you know, going one after the other, after the other, after the other, and nobody stood up, nobody moved, nobody said a word. They didn't turn to their friend and start talking or anything. They just sat there and stared at the screen in shocked silence all the way until it finally gets to the point where the actual rolling credits started and uh, then you finally got you know uh, you know people shook themselves and snapped out of it somebody slapped everybody in the room snap out of it you know a few people got up and left because they're the ones that I guess aren't fans so they don't know that there's gonna be that uh, post credits post-credit sequence as usual or they don't care maybe they're like i'm not coming back to another one of these these this movie made from a funny book i don't care they're stupid <laughs> but yeah it was just it was it was crazy i i when i got home and i <laughs> saw my wife who hadn't come with me because she was doing other stuff and couldn't come and I, I went all by myself to this i was the only one there that i knew I was there with you in the dark. Oh, good. Nice. So I wasn't all alone. That makes me feel so much better. Yeah, I came home and I said to her, I was just like, man, that was like no experience that I've ever had in a movie theater. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, I'm not going to say anymore. Because <laughs> if I say anymore, then I'm spoiling things for you. So I'm just going to say, 
When we go to it, the whole family, it's like no experience I have ever had in my life at a movie theater. Now that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot because up until I was around at least 20, I hadn't really seen that many movies, you know? I'd seen some of them in theaters. I did see Ghostbusters in theaters and I saw Back to the Future, but for the most part, we just didn't go out to movies a whole lot. If I, if I did see a movie, it was in the drive-in theater because that way my parents could get us all in in one car. So it was one easy payment instead of my dad having to give him the whole paycheck. Your dad was able to rent a bus <laughs> exactly to take you guys to the movies. No, we owned a bus, unfortunately. How else would we get around? So yeah, uh, it's possible that there were experiences that I should have had that might have compared to it. But yeah, I can't think of anything else that comes anything close. I've never been in a theater. I didn't see Empire Strikes Back in a theater when I was a kid. I was only like, what, six at the time anyways? So that's not a huge surprise that I didn't see it. Because who wants to bring a six-year-old to a movie? Ugh. Oh wait, that's what I have as a six-year-old. Oh, then let me say it. <laughs> So, so yeah, I, I don't know if, if that happened to you, if it was anything similar. Well, you know this. Uh, the, the listeners hopefully know this. And if they don't, hey, more podcasting for their ears. But I have a Star Wars podcast that I do with Marshall Latham called Delusions of Grandeur. And on several episodes, I've talked about just how tremendously bold it was to make The Empire Strikes Back the way they did. That a filmmaker that a studio ostensibly, I mean, it's, it's pretty much an independent film, but that a filmmaker would make a movie that's ostensibly a children's film where the bad guys win and the main hero is so utterly defeated. It's, it just blows my mind that somebody would think that that was a good idea or that they would dare. And that's partly why Empire Strikes Back is so special today is that people still, they don't dare do that because they want people to go again. Yet sadly, Empire Strikes Back remains the least successful Star Wars movie at the box office. But a lot of people see these Marvel movies as children's movies. And the grimness and sense of defeat that happens at the end of Infinity War way eclipses the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I mean, this, this is one of those where, yeah, it might be fun to stand outside a theater when it, when it lets out and watch the people stumble out. I re I've heard stories uh, from 1993 that when Schindler's List came out, you could see people shuffling out of the, th the theaters like zombies at the end of that movie. They were just like so emotionally drained and scarred by what they had experienced. And I'm not going to say that this is Marvel Studios Schindler's List, but you do see evil triumph so definitively in this movie. And then they dare to not pull their punches on who they killed at the end. I, I have to admit, I had no idea what was happening for the first couple people that died. When they turned into dust, I was just like... What? Was this all a, a fabrication? Was this a dream? What is, is reality unmaking itself or whatever? And then they cut to Titan, the planet where Iron Man and Spidey and all the, those are. And those people die much more like people die. Especially Spider-Man, where Spider-Man gets like a moment of... Being afraid. I'm afraid. Don't, I don't want to go, please. And th by that point, you realize what is happening. I took my nephews to it. And I felt, felt the need to explain before the movie began that this is Thanos' dream, this is Thanos' plan, that if he gets the Infinity Gauntlet with all the gems, he will snap his finger and half of the people everywhere will die. Because I didn't want them to tap me on the shoulder and say, what is happening? Why, why are they, you know, kind of thing. And I, I should have talked to him about it at the end and said, did you understand what was going on? It's, again, a super bold choice on the Russo's part or on Kevin Feige's part or whoever made this decision. But then also somebody made the decision of how these people would die, mm -hmm. of turning into ash, right? 
And that was a visual choice. It was visually really striking and interesting. But it was, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else was confused. But if they had just like faded out of existence, you might have been able to say, oh, somebody has taken them. They are somewhere else. Uh They've been transported. They had to make it obvious for the audience that these people were dying, but not just, and then they'd fall over. You know what I mean? And so to me, that's really interesting. They chose a visually unique way of doing this. They dusted them like vampires on Buffy. Yes. (laughs) There were a few people that I heard whispering throughout at the point where everybody starts going away people going what what's going on what's happening oh my gosh what you know what i mean so i think you definitely weren't the only person who was confused at first and i wonder if some people you know sometimes people don't pay as much attention because he said at least twice in the movie that he would snap my fingers he says and they'll all be gone. Yeah, they they bring it up again and again. Uh, Gamora says it, and Thanos says it. They both do the snapping of the finger. So, you know, you should have understood. <laughs> but there are people that just don't pay as much attention, I think. I probably had to have that. The, the kind of person goes, what's going on? Wait, why is he doing that? In the middle of a movie <laughs> where you're just like, shut up. Nobody knows. Which is so strange because... In the, the theater, when you see something in the cinema, there's almost no excuse for that unless you're looking at your phone or sleeping. Right. What else is there to focus on? But yeah, it was one heck of an experience. And yeah, they didn't pull their punches. I was really kind of surprised. I, I figured, okay, certain people are going to go and other ones aren't going to go. You know, I was sure that they wouldn't, you know, I don't know. Like, for example, Black Panther, he just had a $688 million release. Yeah, he goes. I expected, you know, instead it to be a lot of the supporting characters to disappear. You know, you you lose Falcon, but you keep Captain America. You lose uh, War Machine, but you keep... uh, Iron Man, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. There's basically, the only Guardian of the Galaxy left is Rocket. Rocket Raccoon is the only remaining Guardian of the Galaxy. That would be really fun to sit down with the filmmakers and say, how did you decide who would go and who would stay? Because when they show Okoye and T'Challa together, our assumption is just, okay, well, Okoye is going to fade away. Right. Because she doesn't have a franchise named after her. And it's super brave that he goes and that Spider-Man goes and that Star-Lord goes, you know, that just that, it was not predictable. That was not, you know, something that we had seen before. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I couldn't believe all the people that went. And it it was weird too, because when, when it all happened, then I I stopped and thought, the next movie doesn't come out for like, does it, when does it come out? Does it come out next year? It's more than a year now. It was supposed to be a day shy of a year. I think it was May 3rd is when it comes out. So it was going to be a day shy of a year from May 4th. And now it's more than a year. Which is no time at all for oldsters like you and me. But it's still a super long time for a child. Or a super long time for us to ask, to talk about... What are they going to do? How are they going to fix things? What I was thinking was probably at least two years away, because generally it's two to three years between sequels of each of these shows. Right. But then they have all these other movies in between, and they just do their thing, irrespective of what happened in the Avengers, usually. And then when this happened, I was just like, what the, what the hell is going to happen? I mean, there's supposed to be a Guardian sequel and a Spider-Man sequel. There can't be one. What the, what the crap? And I had to come home and look up what are the sequels that uh, are coming. And we've got just Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then I guess in March they have the uh, Captain Marvel. And then we get the next Avengers again in May, right? I, that's how that's how I think it is. So do you think that Ant-Man and the Wasp will end with people starting to turn to dust? It might. Uh, maybe that'll be the, the post-credit sequence or whatever, but I just... <laughs> the funny thing is, it sort of is a dark cloud 
over Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, I will enjoy the movie probably, but in the back of my mind, it's like, but none of this matters. <laughs> right. It's all going to end when Thanos snaps his fingers. Yeah, this is, this is the uh, <laughs> rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Because uh, no matter what they do, it all turns to dust shortly. And the, the, you, I've, you and I could probably do a whole episode three months from now or six months from now of, okay, how do you solve the problem? How do you solve a problem like Maria? Like Maria, yeah, <laughs> of the end of this movie. If you were, I mean, the, the most obvious answer is, well, Doctor Strange can turn back. Oh, Doctor Strange is among the dead. They didn't even give themselves that out. Yeah. So yeah, that, we'll be talking about that. It'll be fun to talk about for the next one. I mean, we have, I guess, a little clue as to what the out might be because the post-credit sequence is Nick Fury and Maria Hill, and they vanish in the uh, the Marvel Rapture. They are also taken up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to call this the Marvel Rapture from now on. That's that's a really good name. And they're for it. taken up and you see he, you know he gets his I was going to say text, but that's not the right word. It's page. He pages. He uses his old school pager to send some kind of a message out to Captain Marvel, who we haven't met yet. And apparently the Captain Marvel movie is set in the 90s when what's her name Carol Danvers, right? Right. When Carol Danvers first becomes Captain Marvel or something like that. I don't know where she's been. She, maybe she went off into space or something. I believe that post credit sequence was shot during the production of Captain Marvel. And uh, whoever is responsible for it to have Nick Fury disappear as he's saying, Mother f <laughs> was just genius. Yes. <laughs> that was not a missed opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of those jokes that made me laugh out loud. Luckily, none of my kids were there. Um, but you knew that was the Captain Marvel symbol? Because that, that really impresses me. The people around me did not. And a guy, like a, a, an older guy, like in his 50s at least, said, yeah, that was the Captain Marvel symbol. And I was surprised that it wasn't his kids telling him that. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Um, and there were a, a few people around me, but yeah, not that many. It came up, and then I, there was one guy, like, several seats away, who said, oh, Captain Marvel. But you recognized it. I did. How? Um, it's what she wears on her outfit. I've seen pictures of it enough. Oh, okay. Okay, well, yeah, it's hard to talk about the movie without just immediately going to the end, because that's... I mean, I, maybe that's how you talk about The Sixth Sense, too. You know, it's just like everybody has to talk about the ending of The Sixth Sense. But... One thing when you and I talked about Captain America's Civil War was I really admired how the Russo brothers gave all of these characters something to do and at least a good line among them. And then when it was announced that they would be helming the third Avengers, and, and they made a big deal of it when they first got the job of how many characters were going to be in the movie. It made yeah, me they think... they really had that many. It made me think, well, this is in good hands because of what they were able to do in Civil War. But at the same time, there's easily twice as many characters in this as in Civil War. And so, the unless you want it to be twice as long, the challenge has got to be even greater to give everybody something to do. Yeah, it, it was insane. Like, I've been... We show the, what is it, Entertainment Tonight and Extra on the station that I work in between like newscasts. We have a newscast, then we have extra, and then we have a newscast, and then we have a nightly news, and then we have a newscast, and we have entertainment tonight. And so I, I hear all these things. Oh, we were talking to the stars of this show, and oh my gosh, what they said. Mostly it's just empty, vapid crap. So I don't pay attention to much of it. But for the last week or two, they've been saying, the stars of the Avengers say this. And uh, I saw the show and then I just thought, yeah, it might be easier to just talk about people that aren't in the Avengers because there's probably less of them than those that are in the Avengers at this point. Because just everybody, holy crap, they had just everyone. I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy. Did you feel any uh, sense of dissatisfaction 
at the roles that some people played, that they didn't get enough or that they were underserved or anything like that? I, you know, I don't think so. Lots of times, you know, you see a Star Trek movie and, you know, Dr. Crusher has nothing to do or something like that. You know what I mean? We talk about it. You see an episode of Star Trek and Uhura has nothing to do. But in this, there were just so many characters. The, the interesting thing for me was who was given a lot of opportunity to shine. And for example, the majorest female character in Infinity War was Gamora. And I would not have predicted that, but it makes sense. Right. It's organic to her history. Right. And a movie that's about Thanos, that the daughter of Thanos would shine. But when the credits started to roll, I started to wonder, well, who is going to get first billing in a movie like this? And I thought, all things being equal, probably Josh Brolin should have gotten first billing. Thanos himself was the star of this movie. And, I mean, obviously, it's going to be Robert Downey Jr., whether he has the most major part or not. But uh, that they would give so much to this villain. And he's not just a monster, too. They, they set him up as having depth and having feeling. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's not likable, per se. But he does have a sense of fairness or a sense of honor or something about him that makes him more than just a black-and-white villain. And yeah, I mean, like Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character, and so he didn't have a tremendous amount to do in this movie, but he still got to make everybody laugh, and he still got to uh, have a heroic moment. And, and yeah, I'm satisfied with the amount of screen time that Spider-Man had. Uh, I, you know, I am a little puzzled that... Hawkeye wasn't in it, and Ant-Man wasn't in it. I mean, Ant-Man's got his own movie coming out this summer, so I hope that's probably fine. Yeah, I think their excuse for that is that Ant-Man was probably in jail at the time. From what I've gathered from the trailer, I think Ant-Man goes back to jail because he helped Captain America, and then he got captured. Okay. I don't know. They, what did they say about... They mentioned Hawkeye and said he was retired back to his ranch or something. Right, they did say that, that he had retired, that both of them had retired. I think there's their sentence, for lighter sentences, they stopped the superhero game, and that's fine. But I, I still wondered where he was and what his feelings were on all this, and if maybe he would show up. Um, I mean, poor Hawkeye, though, what good could he have done against something like Thanos? I, I don't know. But my nephew said, well, Ant-Man could have shrunk super, super, super tiny and gone inside Thanos. And I was like, well, actually, that, that's a good point. He could have and done that. And then grew giant right inside of his head and blown it to pieces. Yeah. Although I don't know that they were going to go with anything like that in this show. That's... They did have some pretty rough, violent stuff, though. They did. They had a lot of massacres and a lot of death. Loki particularly died, I felt, very hard because it was a, a more realistic death than like the uh, Thanos's henchman called uh, the wizard Cull Obsidian. He's oh. like the Hulk-like one. He basically uh, ends up with his body disintegrated by running it against a force field. But Loki just being choked in the way that he was, yeah. I felt was, was, was pretty rough. Yeah, I, I still, even, even now, I still expect that he didn't actually die. Like when, when Thor says, oh, it wasn't the first time that he's, he's been dead before or whatever, I still feel like somehow Loki has, uh, you know, done something and uh, that wasn't actually him. That was some kind of illusion or something. And that uh, in the next film, he's going to reappear. Although I, there was somebody somewhere who was complaining about how people don't die completely. They sacrifice themselves or something, and then it turns out that they're not actually dead. They're complaining. They're like, I'm a man. I, I, I don't cry very much as it is. So you got to stop making me waste my tears on people that aren't really dead, Marvel. Stop this. But... Uh, <laughs> I st yeah, I still kind of feel like Loki may come back. I don't know why, but 
that's just me. Well, if you see the movie again, you may feel differently. Because, yeah, I, I was hoping Loki would have a way to worm out of it. And then when I saw it today, I already knew that he didn't. And his death was more definitive, and, and, and it, it hit me harder. But I think the whole movie hit me harder the second time because I, I knew what was coming. But anyhow, uh, they make a lot of really courageous choices or unique choices in this movie. It, I guess only time will tell if they were wise to go so out there. Um, I feel like a lot of people uh, didn't like the choices that were made in The Last Jedi. You'll, you'll hear people dismiss the whole movie as you know not ever actually happening or all Disney Star Wars sucks or what have you because they didn't just remake another earlier Star Wars movie do Star Wars' greatest hits, as I called The Force Awakens. And this one, yeah, it's just, they were not precious with the lives of characters that we love. And, yeah, uh, the thing is that you knew they couldn't be, though. They had to Joss Whedon it, you know? They had to kill some darlings because it has to feel real. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to care. You're going to be like me, going, oh, well, maybe Loki weaseled out of it somehow, because he always has before. I hope, I wish that he would, but to tell you the truth, I, if he shows up in the next one, I'll feel kind of like, oh, that was kind of a ripoff. He was pretty obviously dead. <laughs> so I think that they kind of had to do something like that for it to not suck. You know what I mean? If there wasn't some serious repercussions from this film, then, you know, you would watch it and just be like, oh, pfft. It wouldn't have been that hushed shock coming over the theater where everybody's like, holy shit, oh my gosh, this guy too, this guy too, oh my gosh, no, not T'Challa, ah! It only had power because of the, the people that went before we even got that far, I think. It is, I think, possible that people, I mean, like you were saying, Empire Strikes Back has the lowest box office total of all the Star Wars movies because of how it ended, and... I can imagine this one being kind of like that, where everybody's just like, oh, I don't want to go see that again. Although you already saw it again, so uh, maybe that's not the case. I would like to think that the movie was good enough that people will be back to see it again and, and again. I know that it had an amazing weekend. It, I think, broke the record for opening weekend, both internationally and domestically, but... <sighs> That's getting to be more and more common. You know, the record falls every month or two. And the, the real records come from holding on and still doing money. Like, for example, Black Panther did. You know, with the Avengers opening, a bunch of people decided, oh, I need to go see Black Panther first or something. I haven't seen it yet, and I, I've, I've wasted my time. I should have seen it already. And so Black Panther this weekend jumped back up to number five on the box office list. Uh, it only jumped up from eight to five, so it was still doing well all this time later. And you know, that's, that's the hallmark of a really good movie, a movie that's really gonna make a lot of money is you know, the repeat viewings and the people going to see it months down the line. So I don't know, we'll have to see if something like that happens for this Avengers movie or if everybody's just like shocked and they don't wanna see it again because it'll make them cry or something. It's good to cry. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm wasting my tears. Yeah, I think that was just somebody, somebody's joke. Not that they were wasting their tears, but they were joking. You know, men don't cry, and they made him cry for Groot sacrificing himself, but then Groot didn't die, etc., etc. Ah, that's what they were talking about. I thought they were talking about Coulson. What, was there well, another yeah, Coulson example? is one of them. Groot is one of them. I think there's others. Well, they, they have killed Loki before. Yeah, Loki died and then wasn't dead from Thor. There was a few more, too. If I, if I had a second to really think about it, I, I could probably come up with more, but, but I don't know what they are right now off the top of my head. But yeah, there's been a few where it seems like they're dead and then they turn out to not be dead. But anyways, yeah, I think it's good to cry, too. And I, I have to admit, I'm super softy, so I cry almost every time I go to a movie. Not only do I cry when something's sad, 
but I cry when something's really triumphant and great as well. I can't help it. Just, you know, and I've, I've said one of my favorite movies of all time and one that makes me cry every time is Babe. When it gets to the end and he wins the sheepdog competition, I can't stop. I can't keep myself from crying over it. I'll have to admit, this movie did the same thing to me a, a few times and it was because of something that I just... I almost wanted to stand up and clap when it happened. You have the, the part where Scarlet Witch and Vision are in Scotland together and they're talking about running away together or, or staying together or whatever the deal was. I, couldn't, I didn't quite understand exactly what was going on with them in the first place. Well, see, he's still an Avenger, apparently, and she is not. And he's gone off the radar and decided maybe he won't go back. And so he's telling her, what if we ran off together? Okay. This is working. Uh, and then, yeah, then she sees the television. and So he's a Earth Mightiest Heroes, <laughs> and she's a secret Avenger. That's true, yes. <laughs> In a way, although... We don't know what's been going on with the team. Yeah. They established that it's been two years since Civil War in that movie. And and I don't know if Cap has been leading them or if they've all had separate lives. Yeah, we've seen people here and there in some of the post-credit sequences and etc. But yeah, we don't really know. But anyways, I'm going to try and finish my story without distracting myself or letting you take us on a tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so they're in Scotland, and they're at that point where they see what has happened, and they're like, oh, my gosh, and he's like, oh, I got to go back and all this stuff. And then out of the blue, they get attacked by those. What are those guys called, the the Sentinels or the the Heralds? In In the movie, they call them the Children of Thanos. So those people attack. They're about to kill them when all of a sudden Captain America appears. And when he appears, and I wanted to stand up and clap. When that happened, I tears sprang to my eyes and I was just like, oh, yes! And I just wanted to get up and cheer and clap and jump in the air and Everybody would have been looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I mean, okay, it's Captain America, but why is he freaking out? He was like in the last movie. And they did it again and again. If I, I, when it happened, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to talk about this on the podcast. And then it happened again, and it happened again, and then they went to Wakanda, and they played the Wakanda theme. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so great. They finally got our message. They finally started listening to That Gets My Goat and heard us complain over and over again about how they're wasting the opportunity. I wonder what it is. I, my guess is just they finally just started using Alan Silvestri a lot. They really got their money's worth on that Avengers theme. Yeah. With Alan Silvestri on this. Because, yeah, I noticed it again and again today. Whereas the first time, I, I, yeah, I didn't notice it much because, you know, a good score usually doesn't draw attention to itself or you're involved in something else. But every time there was something heroic that the Avengers were doing, they played that song. I loved it. Oh my gosh, it made me so happy. And, you know, we've always talked about this. A good theme is one that you're humming when you walk out of the theater. Now, I've heard this theme before, so I should be able to hum along just fine. But yeah, it was stuck in my head. I left the theater and I couldn't get it out of my head. I just kept singing that song to myself the whole time that I was doing whatever it was that I did after I left. I loved it. Oh my gosh, it made me so happy. Because yeah, we've talked about this a hundred times. There's no better chance. They should have a theme song for every damn one of those heroes. And when you see them doing their thing, we should hear it. We should know, oh, that's the Captain America theme. Oh, that's the Thor theme. And they've had them. The thing is that they kept switching out composers. Every time they'd come back to the sequel of whatever character, oh, now we're gonna use this guy as the composer instead. And so none of the stuff was brought back, nothing. And that just bummed the hell out of me, you know? I, I just kept thinking about how we could have Superman themes and Indiana Jones themes and Star Wars themes. I mean, we should have 
so many of them. And obviously the, the, <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy are kind of a little different because their theme seems to be a 70s funk song or something. <laughs> like in this one, it was the rubber band. But I saw them doing it in the trailer as well. And that got me excited. I just thought, oh my gosh, listen to that. They're playing that Avengers music in the trailer. This sounds so good. It gets me pumped up for this movie. Like back when Superman Returns came out. And I was just like, man, I wonder if this will be any good. I probably won't be any good. And then the commercials came out and they were playing that song. And I was like, oh, I got to go see this. I can't wait. And that's what should happen with every one of these Marvel movies. And it's it's nice to see that, at the very least, the Avengers have got one. Yeah, I think um, we might be able to see that change. I don't know. I mean, they still have been switching off. Like Thor's, all of Thor's movies, I think, have been scored by somebody different. And I think it's probably too late for him to get a theme song. And Captain America started with Alan Silvestri. And then they switched off to somebody else for the next two. Yeah, I didn't notice if Alan Silvestri used his Captain America theme in this anywhere. I didn't hear it. I think I would have picked up on it because he does use it in that in the Avengers in 2012. And I picked up on that the second we saw it. I, yeah, I just, I didn't recognize any themes in this except for that. Dun, 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 and the noise, what did you call that? instrument for the Wakanda maybe it's not the singing stick or whatever but it, th there was a, a like a you heard that in there the swoop swoop or whatever the <laughs> just when he says I know a place oh okay they fly through the fake mountain and then it goes da da dum da da dum da da dum ba ba da dum da ba da dum that song that they played in the last movie is the uh, Wakanda theme you know it well done oh yeah That's great yeah and I thought that, that was cool. Yeah. The only credits for music were that and that rubber band yeah, song. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all there was, which is surprising. Uh, I guess it's not too surprising. I was thinking about that when I was watching this movie. You know, I've, I've seen all the Marvel movies leading up to this. But I was wondering, like, what, what about those people that haven't, that have seen one or two or none, and they show up to see this movie? What are they thinking, you know? Are they watching this going, oh my gosh, they're all over the place. They're going to, what, what is the name of this place? And oh, this is, you know, I, I, it's, it was very much a comic book movie in this particular case. You know, you had the, they're off in space somewhere. They meet a giant dwarf, <laughs> which I thought was so awesome. <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to all these different places like nowhere and planet Titan and, and, the other planet, what was that one called, where they got the soul stone and they're collecting all these uh, MacGuffins and etc, etc. It could have been really confusing. I mean, like half of it, they were flying around in space for like a large portion of it. Even Iron Man and Spider-Man and everybody were off in space. Less than half of it, I would say, took place on Earth, which wasn't something that happened until Guardians of the Galaxy, I'd say. That was probably the first one where that stuff started in. Before that, it's all Earth-based and things that are going on are, are problems of our world. But then even Thor, I mean, the, the last Thor movie felt like Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. Because it was out there. It was all in space. It was basically like they'd found the Collector, except for Jeff Goldblum was not the Collector. He was something else. Yeah, he a uh, game master or something like that. Uh, apparently, brother of the collector. Oh, really? In the comics, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe that's why I connect the two of them. They also seem they kind of act similar and seem seem the same. Yeah, all that stuff seemed so kind of out there and comic book like and Flash Gordon esque. I wonder if they could do a Flash Gordon now. That would be not cheesy, you know. Because now they can have the people flying around on their wings and stuff like that without looking really hokey. Sci-Fi Channel did a Flash Gordon revival a couple of years ago. Apparently it wasn't successful. It aired 10 episodes or something and then was canceled. But I was excited when I heard about it. And when I heard about it, I was like, oh, when is that coming? And I looked it up and it had already come and gone. <laughs> but I, yeah, I would certainly go see a Flash Gordon 
movie. Um, yeah. Just the, the sense of fun that the Guardians have, it, you can't get enough of that. Just go to have a good time is really cool. And uh, maybe they would feel it necessary to, to do a, a Flash Gordon with a little bit more dour, a little bit more serious, maybe more violent and stuff. But yeah, I think if I were in charge of it, I would try and make it as fun and light as possible. And Yeah, and, and use all that Queen music again. <laughs> well, I would certainly be tempted. I know you're joking. But I think I would. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Like the the music they used in Guardians of the Galaxy, was a lot of its charm. A lot of the th- you know you saw how much yeah the freaking soundtrack sold. And all these kids are listening to freaking David Bowie. <laughs> and, and they're listening to you know these these bands that they'd never heard of or even dreamed of hearing of before. And yeah, my 14-year-old daughter, or 13, I don't know how old she was at the time. How long has it been since Guardians came out? It's been a while, hasn't it? Let's say it was 2014. Okay, but she got the soundtrack and was listening to those songs all the time. She just put that thing on repeat and listened to all these old-school 70s songs. Which is, what, equivalent to the 50s for us? Or is it equivalent to the 40s for us? Well, don't, don't make me th- do the math, because then I'll feel really old and I've had to do math. <laughs> Both doing math and finding the answer is depressing. So, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, it's just weird. But it totally caught on. But can you imagine if they did a Flash movie and then they just like, oh, yeah, we've got all these songs and they're about Flash and it's Queen. Everybody loves Queen because they did Bohemian Rhapsody. And most people, probably all the people that love them for Bohemian Rhapsody, probably never heard their Flash songs. They don't know that that exists. It would be neat. I'd, I'd go and see it. But that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> We've gotten far afield. Were we, were we, what was the movie we saw this weekend? Infinity War? Oh, oh, right, right. Okay, thanks for reeling me back in. <laughs> well, at one point, they do make a Flash Gordon reference. And Star-Lord says, I take that as a compliment. I don't know. The, the, the funny thing about this is just four years ago, they were afraid of the audience's reaction to a talking raccoon. That was only four years ago. And I think that they can do anything now. They are confident enough that they can say, well, we're going to do a really, really hard, dark, nihilistic Avengers movie and we're going to spend, you know, 275 million dollars on it. And they did it and it's successful. And that was just in salaries for the actors. Oh yeah, think about that. They spent another 275 million for the effects. Yeah, if you you think <laughs> about like the money just getting all of those marquee names to show up in a cameo. It's astounding. And and maybe some of them are doing it for love rather than a paycheck. But like I read how much Robert Downey Jr. was paid for Civil War and it's just like, wow, that could feed the world. <laughs> the, uh, the next one, I'm assuming most of those actors come back. Maybe not. If, if people stay dead for most of it, then perhaps you spend less on actors in the next one. Yeah, they just get a one-day cameo where they reappear or something like that. They'd get like a Maria Hill, Nick Fury kind of a, a scene. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that conversation for a future episode where we, we talk about if I ran the, the zoo, how I would do the fourth Avengers. But the other thing I was going to say is, uh, okay, so they spent all this money on the actors, but they also did, they did not skimp on the effects. There was never a moment when Thanos was on the screen where I thought, oh, this is, guy is a cartoon he seemed like a living, breathing, feeling being. And I felt like he was super ridiculous looking in Guardians of the Galaxy. But I don't know if it's just they spent more money on it or what, but he, he seemed alive in this movie. And I don't know how much something like that costs. A ton, I guess. Yeah, and to make a guy a Jar Jar Binks, you know, a freaking 100% CG character. I suppose they had Josh Brolin's face to work with for some of the stuff, so I guess he wasn't 100% CG. He's more like a 
Andy Serkis kind of a character. Right, yeah, it was all motion captured with him on the set. But it's still, I just, I was really impressed by how good he looked. And I'm picky about that sort of thing. A bad special effect can ruin a movie for me. Or, you know, I can find uh, a bad CG effect so distracting that that's all I talk about. Right. Yeah, they didn't have that here. They didn't skimp. There was no point where uh, anything didn't feel like they were going 100%. And I suppose, why would they? I mean, why would they ever need to do that anymore? I mean, they've proven that they're going to make a crap ton of money off of anything. They make a movie about a talking raccoon and a talking tree. And it's set in a crazy, wacky version of space. And they all listen to 70s songs and they make a shit ton of money. They make a movie about Ant-Man. Like the least inspiring of superheroes that have come out so far. And they make a shit ton of money. Everybody loves it. Why would they ever say, oh yeah, well we, we probably don't want to go over the top on it. We can't afford to, to do too much. You know, they know they're going to make it back. And then some. Did you feel that there were any characters that were underserved? Would you like to have seen more of the Wakandan characters, considering they're coming off this gargantuan hit? No, I don't think so. I thought they got the amount of screen time that they deserved. Uh, They're pretty new to the whole universe, and they're not necessarily Avengers. I know that Black Panther in the comics and stuff was one of the standard Avengers that you would always have, but in the cinematic universe, at least, he's not one of those yet. So having him in there is, it's almost like a cameo for him, you know? It's like, hey, we've got a place that we can do something, so let's do it. The, the Avengers, you have, and, and sadly we lost Hawkeye in this one. That's the one I, I suppose I probably feel the worst for because he was one, you know, you had what, your original six? We had the Hulk, we had Thor, we had Captain America, we had Iron Man, you had Black Widow and Hawkeye. And those six are the ones that I feel like we should see the most. So I guess not having Hawkeye at all is kind of a bummer. But my guess is that we'll see him in the next movie. But maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. The Avengers all remained, the main six Avengers. None of those went up in puff of dust, right? Wow, it hadn't occurred to me, but you're right. If we're talking about the six from the 2012 movie. We, we did, yeah. See, it's funny. You were talking about Doctor Strange being their way back. I was thinking that uh, Scarlet Witch, you know, she was the way back. She was the one that just said no more mutants and got rid of all the mutants. So I thought of her as their out, but she disappeared. She went up in puff of smoke and Vision apparently is dead. He's black and white now. But yeah, the original six Avengers is who I kind of think. I I saw a thing today when I was, oh, that's what it was. I was looking up the order of what movies were to come out over the next while because I was just like, how did they, they just zapped everybody into oblivion. They are supposed to have movies coming up. How can that be? I was thinking for some reason that they would come out before Avengers 4 came out, but that's not the case. But when I looked at that, uh, they did have a thing where it just said untitled or unnamed Avengers film. Yeah. And in the description afterwards, it said this movie is going to be much different than Avengers Infinity War. And it was originally entitled Infinity War Part 2. But since it's going to be so much different, they didn't want to give it, you know, the same title like that. So they removed that title. Yeah, now we don't know, I guess, what it's going to be called, even though it comes out in a year. Well, my guess is that there will be something spoilery about the title. Like, I mean, if I, if I had to make up a title myself, I would call it Avengers colon from the ashes. But I think it'll be something like that, where once you've seen Infinity War, this title makes sense. Otherwise, why not just let us know what the title is called? before the Avengers 3 comes out. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to call it Avengers 4, The Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> well, there's no movie that's using that title, so it's become free again. 
Right, and it's so generic that it means nothing. So it couldn't give anything away. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got your text on, what was it, Friday or Saturday when you said, yeah, I feel like we're going to be talking about Avengers for the next, I guess, next year, because that's when Avengers 4 comes out. I'm sure we'll have a long conversation about it again when we see Ant-Man and a long one again when we see uh, Captain Marvel. Well, uh, to bring it back to The Empire Strikes Back, you and I are too young, but Marshall Latham was old enough and he, the kids that were a little bit older than us had three years in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in which they speculated, in which they argued apparently, in which they gave their theories and, and projections and, and ideas of what they wanted to see in the next one when this cliffhanger was resolved. And that's what I meant by we'll be talking about it for a year. It's, it, it ends with so much said and it feels like they painted themselves into a corner. But there are certain choices, such as Doctor Strange's uh, about face, his 180 on Tony Stark, that I feel have to be setting something up. Yeah. And so we can talk about it as like, why? What purpose did he have for giving Thanos that stone when he's, he explicitly said before that he would trade anybody's life for that stone? Yeah. Yeah, he changed his mind. Something he must he did go through a bazillion different versions of the future. Right? And he found one in which they won. I don't know, is it that Tony Stark was in that future or is Tony going to be the one that that makes the difference in the end? Yeah, I when they did it at first it just seemed like okay, this this thing that they're doing now when Thanos shows up is when they win, you know, and, and then it's blown when Star-Lord loses it and punches Thanos before they get the gauntlet off. Um, and that was where they veered from the one successful plan. But yeah, I think that you might find that uh, that was actually something beyond that, which is cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> And I won't have to wait long. I'll blink my eyes and it'll be 2019? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's practically 2019 right now. So, And by the time I edit this episode, yeah, it's going to be, what, August 2018. So, <laughs> Yeah, this year, like all years, I guess at this point, is just flying by. You know, it, it happens to me every week these days where I, I go to work and I... And then uh, it's Friday, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Friday. My weekend's finally here. And then the next time I open my eyes, it's Monday again. And then the next time, it's Friday again. And it's like, well, it's Friday again. Yay, but holy crap, how can it be Friday again already? Yeah, somebody has just changed our lives from 33 and a third to 45. And there's no way to, to switch the speed back. Was that too old uh, a reference there? <laughs> it took me a second to get it, but I did eventually. I don't know if everybody else will, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Higher RPM. But really, it's a good time for geek culture. You know, movies like this, they're not resting on their laurels. They're trying so hard and it's paying off. I mean, like you said, another record broken and... Five minutes ago, they had broken the previous record. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good time to be a nerd or a geek. Is it a geek? Which one is the one that's cool to be and the other one that's just like a math guy? Yeah, my thought has always been that nerds are smart. That's a nerd, right? And geeks just like certain things that used to be unpopular. Okay, and geeks are just... That used to be niche things. Okay, so yeah, it's a good time to be a geek. It's always kind of a good time to be a nerd because if nerds are smart, then they're doing well. Even if they uh, have to deal with some teasing and taunting, they're going to be that guy in the end who's like, yeah, well, I make a million a year and you live in a trailer, so it all works <laughs> out in the end. Maybe I chose wrong then. Maybe I should have chosen nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you made a choice in that department. <laughs> the smarts is not usually something where you go, oh, yes, I'll take that. You just kind of either get it or don't. Anyways. Well, I feel like we've reached the end of the episode, man. Yeah, I guess so. Could probably talk more about it, but I'm sure we will. This won't be the last episode in the next year. Hopefully. <laughs> I think we will talk about it because 
You were telling me that it's the 10th anniversary of the Dune Steef, and it's also the 10th anniversary of Marvel Studios. And so maybe we can do an episode about that. Yeah, I saw that on their logo this time. When it came up with studios, the I was a one and the O was a zero and then they changed them to a different color as the rest of it so that it was a 10. Yeah, that was really smart. Yeah, I recently went through and made myself a little compilation of best songs off of these soundtracks of all the Marvel films and I started it out with that Marvel fanfare, which they didn't play in this movie and I was actually slightly sad about that. But I think it's so cool that it exists. It'll be like that Fox fanfare, you know? Everybody knows that. Nobody wonders... Nobody wonders what that comes from. And yeah, it's just smart to give yourself something like that, you know? That's something that people will hear and just be like, Ooh, yeah! Get all excited when they hear something like that. One of them things. The 10th anniversary, and I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll talk about a lot of stuff. I meant to do that already. So there, there you go. A promise of things to come. You made me promises, promises. I knew I'd never keep, man. How do I live with myself? <laughs> All right, everybody. Now, once we've deteriorated into lesser-known 80s songs, it's time to go. Thanks for listening to Dune Steep. That gets my goat. We'll be back again with more at a later date. So keep your eyes on that feed and keep reaching for the stars, true believers. <laughs> I've been Rich Outfield. And I'm Big Anchorage. See you later. Good night. Stay classy and all that stuff. Stay classy, Des Moines. All right. I, oh, man, we went for an hour 29. That's surprising. I, it, it didn't feel like it was that long, did it? I think it would be fair to say I like that gets my goat from the start. It had a quiet way about it, a way of walking and talking under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. That's no derivatives to you. You could listen and share it all you liked, but you couldn't sell it, claim it, or trade it for a bag of reefer, if that's your thing. Give it a good review over on iTunes. Somebody always breaks down crying. Happens every time. You're damn right. It's what she wears on her outfit. Oh, okay. I've seen pictures of it enough. It's right across her bust. And I like looking at Captain Marvel's bust. I know that makes me a horrible pig. Uh, I admittedly am one. <laughs> well, uh, Brie Larson wouldn't have gotten them done if she didn't want you to look. I'll cut that line out. <laughs>